What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, what are Alders hearing in budget meetings? Which Chicago candy is best? And what are your favorite CityCast episodes? I'm here with lead producer Simone Alisea to break it all down. It's Tuesday, October 24th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Morning, Simone. How you feeling? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not complaining. I just got back from ATL, so I'm excited. I'm excited for for a nice week coming off that that great energy of the last few days. After such an exciting weekend, we got to get into the, uh, you know, the minutia of city government, and that is budgets. Budget hearings started last week. They continued this week. Uh, and Alders have been hearing from various departments about how they spent money this year and plans outlined in Mayor Brandon Johnson's 2024 budget proposal. Simone, what's on the agenda this week looking at a $16.6 billion proposal? Yeah, I think this week will be of interest to a lot of people because uh, there are three days of hearings planned for the Office of the of Public Safety Administration and the Chicago Police Department. Um, so this is all about how Chicago is planning to spend its nearly, uh, in Johnson's proposal, nearly $2 billion um, for Chicago police, among other public safety uh, spending as well. Um you know, it's interesting because and we've talked about this on the show, right, the the police budget is increasing by a little bit. A lot of that has to do with employee raises. Um, uh, folks may have seen, too, uh, late last week, uh, the city just signed a contract with uh, the Fraternal Order of Police, um, you know, guaranteeing uh, more raises through through uh, the next few years. Um, and it's been interesting because we've had a couple of things kind of converging at the same time that are all related. Uh, the new police superintendent, Larry Snelling, did a round of interviews uh, late last week um, with different uh, publications and sort of was is walking this tightrope of, you know, we police need to be more aggressive. He said that in one interview with WGN. He was like, officers, you know, police need to be more aggressive in, in policing crime, but also trying to say, you know, we're, we're working on reforms or we're working on training. We want to make sure we do this training right for, I think it, one of the quotes uh, was uh, aggressive constitutional policing, um, which mm -hmm. uh, that's <laughs> which a... Is, uh an oxymoron if I've heard one. It is certainly, if 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 nothing else, a very, very tight rope uh, that, that Snelling is trying to walk, a razor-thin rope there. Um, the other thing that happened last week is there were other budget hearings for other departments that include some public safety initiatives that Johnson is trying to kind of get off the ground here. So, for example, um, Alders heard from the department head for uh, family and support services where 
you know, there's this push to to get more youth in jobs. And Alders asked about um, initiatives specifically to get youth in jobs, training young people as uh, to do like violence intervention and that kind of thing. Right. Like so peacekeeper that is, work, which exactly the young people from Good Kids Mad City have been pushing in their peace book saying, hey, you have violence prevention workers, you have youth who are connected in these communities. Employ them, give them resources and give them jobs to help uh, be a public safety initiative. And Brandon Johnson said he wants to do that, as well as to beef up the treatment, not trauma movement, which is to hire more social workers, EMTs, um, you know, crisis prevention specialists to stand in instead of police in some of these responses. Yeah, this is sort of the central part of what we're going to hear about over the next three days um, is a converting positions in the police department to be civilian positions. So they don't have to be sworn officers who are working in those positions, right? That opens it up, um, that that allows sworn officers to do things like patrolling and, and things that we would expect officers to do. Um, the other part of that is, as you said, hiring more non-police responders, social workers, mental health workers, um, to do emergency response work. We heard a little bit about that. Uh, we also heard about um, the uh, reopening of a couple of public uh, city-run mental health clinics when uh, the Department of Public Health had its budget hearing last week. But what's interesting about both of those departments where we have some sort of public safety adjacent initiatives that Johnson is trying to get off the ground is both of those departments are departments that are kind of struggling with financing a little bit. You know, city budgets are always comp. I mean, every budget is complicated, right? You're you're taking money from one place to use it somewhere else. And some of the money you can't take, like you have to use this money for this particular thing in this particular department in this way. One of the things I've really had to accept in Johnson's early tenure is despite what the campaign rhetoric was, despite, you know, his previous stances, uh, in terms of how he felt the police budget was inflated during his time as an organizer. That's not the rhetoric you can expect to hear from the mayor, especially during this budget proposal season. He is trying extremely hard to both appease uh, police with everything from, like you said, signing a new contract, you know, ex expanding uh, detective hirings, making sure that the budget didn't go down. But then on the other hand, he's trying to make sure that his supporters understand that he's still working within that system to try to bring things like treatment, not trauma, more peacekeepers hired, uh, providing more civilian offices. But this idea of walking the line isn't going to make either side feel that, uh, you know, the mayor has has leaned in on either, you know, fully supporting police as, you know, one side wants or, you know, reinvesting from police, which doesn't seem to be uh, the movement either. And so I think, all right, sure. Right. I get it. You want everyone to be happy, which means no one will be happy, which no one will be Understood. happy. I mean, that's that's city no government in a nutshell. Right. And I think exactly. that's, that's that's budgeting in a nutshell. It is you know, it is a it is the work of of, of compromise. One other thing that I kind of wanted to that, that that are on the agenda this week in City Hall that folks might be interested in. There will be a hearing about the Department of Environment. Chicago doesn't currently have an environment department. We've talked about this on the show, um, but Alders will be hearing about the proposal to create one, which is in Johnson's 2024 budget plan. I just wonder what kind of teeth would a Department of Environment have? We've had this conversation before, but last week I heard the Department of Inspector General just saying, hey, our budget is very tiny. 
we're a critical service, but we're running out of space. We need to make more hires and we need the departments we are to be overseeing to collect better data. And so when we look at these agencies created by the city to essentially be watchdogs, to be accountability offices, it, it doesn't seem like a lot of them have the infrastructure and the money they need to do their jobs. And so I hope that this Department of Environment isn't just an idea realized, but, you know, an agency that really can tackle the challenges that our neighborhood face every day. Although, again, that is like the the critical debate about a budget. Do you spend the money to to do to provide the services that you promise to provide at a level that is that is commensurate with what the residents of Chicago deserve, right? Is that where we do we focus the money on actually providing those services? Garbage pickup, uh, water, making sure that we have funding for uh, housing and things like that. And then, how much money do you spend to oversee? How well yeah. those services are being right, how well those services are being provided mm-hmm. to the city. That's a really tough argument to make, I think. I mean, obviously, both are important. You need both. You need both the services to be at a high level and you need accountability to make sure that those services are actually being provided. But when you have a finite amount of money, you know, where how do you allocate those things to make sure both are strong? Um that is that is like the one of one of the hardest questions of governance and government financing, I think. And so you've really hit on something that is like, I don't know. I, and are we going to do it with a new department in one budget cycle? That's that's tough to say. I understand for listeners, this can be a very confusing time. Hell, it could even be a very boring time. But anything you care about in this city, critical services, the future of migrant resources, how the city is going to pay for that will be continue to be up for debate and, and under scrutiny uh, in the coming weeks. And so, you know, the Johnson administration hopes that this passes before Thanksgiving, uh, but it doesn't have to pass uh, until the end of the year. And so, uh, you know, stay tapped in. Make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter. Hey, Chicago. Uh, and you can subscribe for that at Chicago.CityCast.FM. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Simone, did you know that some of the country's most beloved candies got their start right here in Chicago? I Not really, no, actually. I actually did not realize how much candy history was in Chicago until 
very recently until right before we recorded this. So, <laughs> well, our friends over at WTTW are running a Chicago candy bracket ahead of Halloween, of course. So, you know, uh, we love a good bracket over here. We love a good tournament style conversation. And so, Simone, uh, what's your number one pick of the eight options they got? You want me to run through them or are you going to go through the options? I'll go through the options just to just to all give right. folks a sense of, of what we've got going on. So we've got Laffy Taffy versus Rock's Candy Corn, Baby Ruth versus Butterfinger. That's a toughie. Uh, Milky Way versus Snickers and Frango Mints versus Tootsie Rolls. Uh, number one, number one, I think in my heart, I think just by a landslide, to be honest, like I... I have such strong opinions about a landslide. About this list. I need to. Oh, I have such strong opinions. Who, who, Snickers. Who, who, Snickers is number one. Uh, in case folks are like, I didn't know Snickers was from Chicago. Um, Mars. Uh, Snickers is from the Mars Company, um, which uh, opened up a Chicago factory um, shortly after it 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 was founded. A very large factory that ran on the west side of Chicago. Um, and so Snickers and Milky Way both have those roots there. But I think Snickers is far and away. Far and away, number one pick. Number one. Number one in my, I just think it's the superior candy. I literally had a moment <laughs> recently, Jacoby, where I was so hungry and like the only thing around was a Snickers bar and I ate it and I felt so much better. Like I was literally the commercial. It was the commercial. Nah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I mean, marketing, commercials, uh, whooping everyone on his ass. True. This was, I think that's the toughest matchup. I do think Milky Way versus Snickers of these other ones is the toughest matchup because I think Laffy Taffy is walking candy corn. Like okay, but straight can, walking so them I down. You, I hate candy corn. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. However, candy corn lovers are going to be in our comments, Jacoby. I don't even understand how it's in business. I have so many candy corn lovers in my life. I, I, I don't know how <laughs> I ended up this way. I don't know what this says about me. Um, I like they go so hard for candy corn. So I wonder if the candy corn lovers are going to come out to beat the Laffy Taffy because Laffy Taffy, I prefer it, but it is like an inferior version of regular Taffy. Like, let's be honest here. Like, it's not. Hey, Laffy Taffy is so good. I, I'm to this day a three, four dollar gas station Laffy Taffy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to grab me a grape. I'm going to grab me a, a, a secret. And, and then I'm going to see what else they got. Maybe, maybe a watermelon or strawberry. And for folks wondering about, again, the Chicago roots, according to WTTW, the company that makes Laffy Taffy was first founded as a bakery uh, in Little Italy uh, here in Chicago, just after the turn of the century. And then Brock's began as Brock's Palace of Sweets on North Avenue in 1904. Uh, but, but Jacoby, what, what, okay, what's your number one pick? Mine was Snickers. What's yours? So... Mine is a little bit kind of off the rules a little bit because for me, Tootsie Roll is a stand-in. It is not just the Tootsie Roll chocolate. It could be either the Tootsie Roll fruit chew or, and again, so again, if you don't allow for this sort of uh, amendment, then I, I, I'm with you. But I'm from Chicago. And if you ain't pulled up at 87th Street on the Dan Ryan and had that man wearing a chain of fruities around his neck, and just pull off a Ziploc bag of fruities for a dollar, uh, then then you you haven't stopped long enough by the damn Ryan. So for me, if Tootsie Rose can be a stand-in for fruities, I think fruities is is taking this list. That's I think that's one of the greatest candies of all time. But if I have to stick hard to sort of the Tootsie Roll chocolate, 
I hope Snicker and Laffy Taffy make it to the finals personally. Tootsie Rolls were uh, first made in Brooklyn, um, but the company moved its operation to Chicago in the 60s and they're still made here, uh, which I did not know. Yep. They are my mother's very favorite Halloween candy. She would she would take them out of our bags as kids. She, <laughs> she loves Tootsie Rolls so much. Frango Mints. Frango Mints, which I think a lot of people realize and associate with Marshall Fields. Um, which- and they grandparents. <laughs> I so they actually <laughs> started as a totally different type of candy, uh, a totally different type of dessert at a Seattle department store, which I, is what I thought. I remember Seattle claiming Frango Mints, uh, and then people here were like, "Yeah, it's Marshall Fields thing." And I was like, "Is it?" Uh, Marshall Fields later bought they bought that store where Frango Mints were originally created, and it was with Marshall Fields that they became like the chocolate mm-hmm. truffles that we know. Uh, today. So I guess I guess Chicago perfected it. I think Frango Mints and Candy Corn is pulling up the rear. They should have did a seating on this. They they should have they should have seen I don't know. These people things. go hard for Frango Mints too. That's another one that like the people who love no, them I think those, really love them. Right, exactly. Exactly. But I don't I think they're a, a, a silent minority. Round one ends today at 3 p.m. So if you're listening to this in the morning, get your votes in now. WCW is going to announce the winner of all of this uh, on Monday, October 30th, just before Halloween. Um, and uh, we will find out which which Chicago candy uh, is the winner. So we'll be back here next week trying to see if if they got it right. But you I got think, it right last think, time, remember? I did. Shut, shut remember up. Shut the up. You doing, I wanted the clover bracket. See, I was not finna bring that up, bro. And you... Play that transition music. From Chicago's favorite candies to your favorite episodes of City Cash Chicago, a couple of weeks ago, we asked for you to share some of your faves as we were celebrating reaching 600 episodes. Again, I know we make five of them a week, but that's still a lot of episodes in two and a half years. Uh, And here's what you had to say. Hey, CityCast. This is Viral from Rogers Park. I actually got my fiancé in the CityCast, and so now what we do is every morning during our commutes, we listen to it, and then in the evening when we're making dinner together, we talk about the CityCast episode of the day. It's also how we start every, like, Friday, three-day weekend uh, road trip. Uh, everything bagel, jardinera, cream cheese, and a Friday CityCast. Um, but love y'all. Love everything you do. Take care. Peace. Nah, gee, that was finna get. That's finna make me cry. He didn't just say we like. He was like, this is part of our routine. It's it, it's a part of the the uh part of our life. That's amazing. Like I, I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. I also just want to shout out the uh, Genera cream cheese. Um, that was dropped <laughs> in that and that as a little nugget there. What a what a wonderful like little Chicago reference. And um, I kind of want to know where that is because that sounds uh just. Absolutely excellent. Uh, we got another voicemail from uh, Kelly in Ravenswood. I just wanted to say uh, my favorite episode of yours has definitely been the the Migrating Butterflies episode. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to that episode. It genuinely made me cry and rethink my relationship with not only nature, but just the feeling of immigrants in different cities and migration and home and gave me all the feels. So definitely shared that episode with my friends and family and want to give you guys a thank you for being a little upbeat part of my day every day keep me keep me involved in the community in the city 
Hey, if you cry listening to the episode, you should have saw me and Simone standing in Claudia Galino Sanchez's garden. Yeah, I highly recommend folks go back and listen to that one, uh, which we re-aired just in September about a woman in Pilsen who has created a butterfly sanctuary in her yard um, and uh, talks about how the migration of butterflies kind of mirrors her own story of immigration uh, from Mexico to Chicago. Um, And just, yeah, just a really, really lovely, lovely story. Um, The butterflies, I think, have mostly finished migrating back to Mexico at this point, but, you know, still worth a listen. You should definitely, definitely go back and check it out. Claudia was so passionate about what she was doing but like so many of our guests allow herself to be vulnerable with us in a way that um and always feels special you you can't help but be moved i left that and was just like i i can't believe this is this is the job that i get to do so i'm glad that it resonated with you kelly i'm glad it resonated yeah we want to know what's your favorite episode and why you're thinking about all the great shows we put out this year uh i think that's a perfect time for you to go man this might just be the best podcast in Chicago. And you don't just have to think that for yourself. You can nominate us as best podcast in the Chicago Readers best of 2023 list. There's a link in the show notes and you can find us under the city life category. And while you're there, go ahead and nominate Hey Chicago as best email newsletter. If I said it once, I said it twice, and I've said it three times, City Cash Chicago is going for the illustrious three-peat, you know, I can say... As a Chicagoan, I got my own three-peat. I mean, that, that'd that be pretty cool. That'd be, pre- that'd be pretty cool. I want to give another thanks to our lead producer, Simone Alisea. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks, Jacoby. Before I let you go, for more news and events, including a list of the best places for Chicago's spookiest dates, head over to our website at chicago.citycast.fm. That's also where you can subscribe to our Hey Chicago newsletter and catch up on podcast episodes you miss. Of course, I'm going to leave you with some good news. Chicago's Halloween 2023 is back with over 25 events across the city every day this week, culminating in the Upside Down Parade at Washington Park this Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. For a full list of events, check our show notes. As always, we appreciate you for listening. We're back in your feeds and inboxes bright and early tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Peace. I mean, I was named the top speaker in the nation four times in a row, but, you know, we ain't talking about me right now. We're talking about the podcast. So, yeah. Is that really how you want to end that segment? Is that really? Hell (laughs) yeah. Nice little flex. (laughs) Nice little 16-time national champion over here. You know, that's just my thing. That's my call it, court.